the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. It's good to be here. It's good to be alive. Because the alternative, not so much. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, a lot of stuff. Uh, actually, it was kind of quiet this week. Not a ton of stuff going on. Yeah, some bees kind of subdued, which is kind of good. Uh, it's kind of almost exactly where it was about a week ago. <laughs> so uh, that's better than being down, I guess. And uh, we've got a um, lot of stuff coming up over the next few months. It'll be really interesting to see as the economy starts to uh, come back a lot. Well, actually, as the activity starts to pick up, see what happens with the economy. There's an awful lot of government spending going on, which leads me to believe that, uh, you know, the expansion is not going to go away anytime soon because government spending makes up a huge chunk of GDP. And whenever you increase that spending, you know, that, that's one of the reasons that stocks have done so well over the past, you know, since the whole pandemic thing began. It's because they're, they're spending money and they're keeping it afloat. So it'd be interesting to see how long they need to keep that afloat. And, um, why there's some loud people in this uh, <laughs> radio station. <laughs> anyway, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, the inflation aspect of this starts to play out. And uh, just keep your eyes peeled and, and watching. I know we will be. We're looking at uh, markets now. You know, you've got alternatives out there, too. And so today we're going to do what we normally do. I'm going to start talking about the economy for the first um 15 minutes of today's show. The next 15 minutes, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, uh, what you can do in fixed income because that makes up a huge percentage of most people's portfolios, by the way. And it should. As you are, especially if you are older. If you're younger, maybe not so much. You know, if you're under the age of, I don't know, under the age of 50, maybe you want to have 60% or more of your assets invested in stocks. And I know for a lot of people, they're going, wait a minute, I've got, a, I've got 100. Well, that's fine. You know, just as long as you're aware that you know having 100% of your money invested in stocks, if we were to go through another 2008 and 2009, which actually started in November of 2010 for the large caps, small mid caps, and international stocks were already down a lot by the time the S&P finally rolled over and started declining. You know what? You know what's crazy? 
because I, I just started thinking about this. Uh, a ton of our workforce wasn't in the workforce when all that was going on. <laughs> uh, I forget how old I am. And it's amazing that they have no idea what I'm talking about. They haven't seen a 50% drop and they don't study history. That's not a really popular thing to do. By the way, that's not new. So I'm not blaming the millennials for all this stuff. My generation didn't do it either. <laughs> and uh, the generation before my generation didn't have access to the, to the data because it was so incredibly expensive that uh, you know I, I can remember paying thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. This is back in the early 90s when you could get a really good used car for a couple thousand bucks. Think about that for a second. You spend a, a, a few thousand dollars and you get a really nice used car. And uh, we thought they were expensive back then. So anyway, when you're spending a couple thousand dollars just to get a subscription to some data, you know, that, that's one of the reasons that very few people ever did that. I was always surprised because uh, today, one of my better sources of data, uh, at least in my opinion, is from a company called YCharts. It's available online. I can even get it on my phone. And it's only 350 bucks a month. Now, I, I can hear the gasps. You're spending 300 <laughs> Yeah, well, see, it's really good data. And you have to pay for the premium stuff. And it's one of the reasons that uh, um, I figured this out as early as I did. Yeah, markets are great. They give really good returns if you give them a long enough time period. However, it comes at a cost. And that cost is fluctuation. That's what you have to put up with. Where it gets really dangerous, you know, where it gets really dangerous is when you're getting close to retirement and you're expecting to start to draw off those assets that you've been saving up over all these years. And you've got too much of the money in stocks. If you have too much money, too much of the money in stocks and the stock market decides to drop 50 or 60% like it has a tendency to do every once in a while. So the danger of a big correction during your retirement is that maybe you're too heavily weighted into stocks. The real challenge of today is that interest rates are so low on bonds that having, you know, you're probably going to have to be slightly more heavily weighted into stocks and you just have to be aware that you're taking a little bit more risk which is one of the reasons I've, I've been talking about the fixed indexed annuities lately and there are other types of annuities this one I just think is can be more flexible and is better suited for a lot of situations not every situation but a lot of situations because the insurance companies will actually guarantee a certain rate of income and I'm going to tell you, it would be very difficult for an individual to be able to keep up with that. They're going to have an incredibly difficult time keeping up with the returns that the insurance companies are going to guarantee. Now, the guarantee is only as good as the insurance company. That's one of the things. It's not like a CD. It's not like a, a treasury bond that you buy from the federal government. It's, it's only as good as the underlying company that's making the promises. Okay? So I want to take that in mind. And having said that, there are some really good options out there I think are, uh, that you should look at. The second part of today's show, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. But, uh, and I keep forgetting that I've, I promised to talk about the economy the first 15 minutes. So I'm going to get back to that right now. And uh, we've got the, uh, uh, one of the things I think that 
is kind of interesting, the U.S. Consumer Price Index, as far as the economy goes. Why is that important? Well, if prices get, if prices move up too far too fast, the Fed would be likely to come in and to start to raise interest rates. Even with all the debt, they could come in and raise interest rates even with all the debt that we have, which would mean that the federal budget is going to have to expand to pay that extra interest on the extra debt, which means that they won't be able to fund as many other types of projects. That money never makes it into the economy. And that's what's called a recession, when the government has to stop spending uh, money on projects that pay real people to do real jobs, you know, that go out and spend the money on housing, clothing, food, when they have to pay interest to expense anyway, it just slows everything down. They're still spending the money. That interest is going into the economy. And uh, a big portion of that interest will be spent. It just takes a little bit slower and people have a tendency not to spend at all. So if interest rates started going up because the economy's in, the inflation starts to heat up even more than it has been, they'll start to raise interest rates. I doubt that it's going to happen anytime soon. I would say probably 10 years would be my best guess. You can take that with a grain of salt. But I can't imagine them offering to in increase interest rates until things get, you know, until things are really hot. If the economy's really going on all eight cylinders and, you know, prices are, are rising everywhere and the unemployment rate drops back down to, you know, five or six percent, um, which is interesting. When I was in college, you know, decades ago, they taught us that a five or six percent unemployment rate was unrealistic. We were actually below that for quite a while, and I was taught that it was impossible. So I guess in the realm of all possibilities, all things are possible. Now, they do calculate it differently than they did back then, and that had some impact on it. But uh, my point is that some things that you just think can't possibly happen, sometimes they happen anyway. And to have guarantees through that, that that's a pretty good deal. I mean, it, it is a pretty good deal. And I, you know, for the longest time, I've just shied away from these types of products because I didn't think the the older ones that are out there, I didn't think they were a good deal. I thought you could do better. It, back in, you know, when I first started, when I left the brokerage business to start my practice, the independent advisor route, you could get a, a high yield bond fund that was paying over 10%. You could get a real estate investment trust fund that was paying over 10%. I mean, think about that over 10% in the income that they were paying. That's a big deal. So when people say things change, yep, they change. Now you're looking at 1% or less. Well, right around 1%, you get a uh, bond fund out there that's doing a good job, you know, looking at the credit ratings of the companies, trying to manage the risk there. A, a, a current yield of right around 1% or so is about what you could expect. 1% it's nowhere near 10. <laughs> so the, the bottom line is that the returns that, and this is why it's so important to have access to these other types of products. I, I'll give an example. I put in somebody who was 64 years old so that next year they're, they're going to be 65 and they plan on retiring. 
and they just want to have a certain amount of income available for their uh, uh this is actually i've had three people actually call in and say how much would i need to generate right around five thousand dollars because that's about what my medicare supplement's going to cost and I'd, i would just like to have money in there and not have to worry about that well, oh great so it actually comes out to a hundred thousand dollars and a hundred thousand bucks a year from now you'd get fifty two eighty five okay for a when you turn 66 so five thousand two hundred eighty five dollars as a percentage of what you've invested it's 5.2 percent that's guaranteed for as long as you live no matter how long you live that's kind of a lot you know when you're comparing that to if you're if you're comparing it to a CD, which is a horrible comparison by the way i i understand cd is not a fixed index annuity they are different animals but if your goal is to generate income from that investment one of them's going to pay you about a thousand bucks a year or less. The other one's going to pay five thousand two hundred eighty-five dollars. I don't know. Makes sense to me. If the goal is to generate income, if the goal is to generate income and uh, growth, not a super idea. There's not a high likelihood that that's going to grow a whole lot faster than that. Actually, that it would be incredibly difficult to grow faster than that. And um, so you have to kind of prioritize what your goals are with your money. And that's something, by the way, we people struggle with that all the time. They come in and want to do a retirement plan and they get stuck. They get caught up in something that they have to make a decision on and they just can't. Like, how much of my money am I going to take out? Well, you probably shouldn't take out much more than four and a half to five percent. That's what you should plan on. And that's if you have a well-diversified, well-rounded portfolio and you're willing to put up with fluctuation, probably, oh, well, you're going to see somewhere in a, in a crash, you would see about a 25 to 30% decline. Now, the annual standardized risk, that's the number that these big asset management firms like to use, is less than half of that because those huge drops don't happen all that often. They're saying, well, on average, and, and you know what? They're right. On average, the thing is, the average is always affected by one of these things they like to refer to as an outlier. That means they don't think it's going to happen very frequently. And my response is always, yeah, but what if it does? What if we do have another one of those 50% declines? So my, my whole point here is that when you're talking to most advisors, they're showing you the average and they're, they're excluding from the average like the worst case scenarios that have occurred just because the market stopped going down when it was down when the S&P stopped going down when it was down 57% doesn't mean it's going to stop there the next time the Nasdaq one of the big corrections I lived through it went down 80% I mean think about that now granted the Nasdaq is heavily in, invested in tech it was more overweighted in tech then than it is today and the valuations were at a really high, uh, they were at extremes. But my point with all this is if the economy slows down and they start to, uh, well, they're not going to raise interest rates, the economy slows down. But if the economy starts to heat up too quickly and then they start raising interest rates, that makes it harder to qualify for a loan, by the way. When you go into the bank for a, a mortgage and interest rates are 3% instead of 25 or three and a half percent or four percent that raises the monthly payment 
on the mortgage, which means some people are not going to qualify. Those people who are on the edge are not going to qualify for the mortgage that they would have qualified for a month earlier, which means the house doesn't get sold or it slows down that process. That's what causes a, uh, a recession. We're not anywhere close to that right now, but I hear the music, so i got to take a break. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Hey, I'm going to leave the fixed indexed annuity thing uh, for anybody that wants more information on that. Nationwide's got a really nice site. You can go in there, put your age in there, and see how much income you could generate based on the amount that you've invested. Or you can say, all right, I I need this amount of uh, in dollars, and I need it at this time. And it will print out a nice report for you or publish a nice report for you. Or you can call me. So call me or email me. And I will send you the link, and you can go in there and uh, kind of play around with it yourself. Uh, if you'd like to set up an appointment, either on the phone or in person, to talk about how this might fit. Uh, again, um, I think given the options on fixed income, you know, CDs, bonds, that kind of thing, this makes a tremendous amount of sense for people who just want to have a uh, better guarantees on their income. I guess better is the got to be careful with uh, the the wording that I use. It's a strong guarantee. The guarantees on these things are only as good as the underlying companies that are uh, promoting or creating the products. So that's why it's important, I feel like, to stay with a highly rated company that's got a good reputation. Anyway, I'll leave that alone. And uh, we were talking a little bit about the uh, um, economy as well. And I'm going to take a, a few minutes and talk a little bit about the stock market now, just in general, because I know a lot of people, I've gotten a lot of calls and some emails, you know, you used to talk about stocks much more. Well, see, here's the thing, though. Stocks are great, and you need them. Uh, you need to have this in your portfolio. Uh, I guess, I mean, if you're a billionaire, you don't have to worry about it. But the, uh, uh, for the vast majority of people in the country, you're going to have to have some money invested in stocks. I, I think it's a, a good idea to understand as much as you can about it because it's rough. Investing in the stock market can be really rough. It fluctuates a lot when people are seeing the value of their investments drop by a lot. You know, it's upsetting, no doubt. So the more you understand about how the market works, I think the the more uh, relaxed you can be and the higher the potential returns you'll be able to generate because you won't have a a tendency to panic. But if you have an urge to pick up a phone when you see the market up or down 10 or even 20%, okay, you're not there yet. You haven't reached that point of of understanding that uh, would allow you to sit through something like that, know when to do something, when not to do something. And for the vast majority of the time, your planning should be done up front. You don't want to be changing your mind because the market's done something that you didn't expect. That is a horrible way to run your money. There's a really good chance that you're going to end up doing extremely poorly if that's your plan. And uh, you you need to know what you're going to do. And by the way, most of the time, it's not as active as you might think it is. It's not, especially if you've got the right funds. If you've got the right mix of funds in your portfolio, 
they are adjusting. The adjustments that go on are significant. If you were able to see inside of, of the funds in the portfolios that we run, you'd be going, wow, you know, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, well, the funds are making adjustments on an ongoing basis. And how do you pick those? Well, it depends on individual. Uh, we've got various models that we use. Some people are more aggressive than others. Some people want to be completely conservative. Some people want to be conservative with a little bit aggressive. And I, I think that's actually more popular I, I, if I were to take a poll along my clients. Well, I want to be conservative, but I would like to make a little bit more money with, and, and I don't mind taking a slightly higher risk on a small percentage of the money. That's great. That's fine. Actually, that's what I like to do. Uh, mine's probably more aggressive than most, but uh, I've got the conservative stuff in there. It's just not as big of a, a percentage for somebody who might be in their 70s or 80s. And they would have a much larger percentage in the more conservative stuff. They still have some of the aggressive stuff, by the way, because I'm not a, a big believer that you just have to avoid that like the plague. No, uh, if you're doing it right, if you're paying attention, if you're conscious of what you're doing, then you should be able to add some of that to it. And, and I think it's going to help a lot. You've heard me talk a lot about the semiconductor industry, and you've heard me talk a lot about the healthcare industry and the, the, the two models that I've been using for the past uh, I don't even know how long I have to go look. But anyway, I added those to the conservative models. Why? Well, because they've done better. Uh, why have they done better? Because they take more risk. You know, There's a higher risk when you concentrate into one industry group. That's going to be riskier than it would be if you're holding all the major groups. And that doesn't make sense. Well, I'll actually try to come back to that on a future show. But the... Uh, uh, the bottom line is you want to have you want to have some money in small caps you want to have some money in international you want to have some money in in the large caps and uh, everybody thinks the S&P 500 is a stock market it's not the top 50 stocks make half up make up half of the average but that's okay uh, as long as you know that there's a place for that too and uh, the sweet spot has actually been in mid caps you know those companies well, Microsoft was today, if Microsoft were a four billion dollar company, it'd be a small cap. <laughs> At uh, four hundred billion, it's a mid cap. At uh, the, the market valuation it is today, I don't even know what it is. I'd have to look it up. I, I think it's in the trillions. I, I could be wrong. I'll look it up in the next commercial break. But it's a whole lot bigger than it was at you know forty billion. And uh, it's amazing that we're talking in those kinds of numbers. That's the other thing that, you know, you have guaranteed. And this is one of the reasons that you, most people are going to have to have some money invested in stocks, whether it's 20%, whether it's, you know, 50%, 60%. That's an individual thing that you really need to sit down and discuss with somebody. At least that's my opinion. If you don't do this full time for a living, as there, there's a tremendous amount of nuance here. And I know every time I say that, I hear the people going, well, I never really, okay, well, maybe you would have. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you want to put the time in, that's fine. It's a lot of time. There's a lot of time involved. In fact, I was just having conversations over the past week or two with some people because we are uh, rebalancing some portfolios. They had some bonds and they don't understand how bonds work. 
and uh, I, I know they don't. Nearly half the Series 7 exam, that's the, the exam you have to pass to be able to be a financial advisor dealing in stocks, bonds, options, you know, almost everything you can do with money. But uh, well, long story short, there is an awful lot of material there. When you're looking at the current yield on a bond fund, uh, that's not, most people, that's what they begin and end with. That's the very, you're scratching the surface there. There's a, a lot to that. And a lot of the highest yielding funds have a lot of risk. Many of the uh, uh, bond funds have as much risk as most stock funds do. I mean, think about that for a second. And, you know, it, it's just, a, uh, you just got to be careful. Just got to be careful. When you're looking at something, you don't, you don't recognize what you're seeing there. And uh, don't invest in it right off the bat. You know, do some research. Call your advisor. People call me all the time. I find stuff out from things that uh, people, I've learned way more about this industry from calls from clients than I have any book. Okay. Now, the books were there when I had to look up the answers to the questions the clients had. So, you know, that's what started the whole thing. But, you know, if not for my clients, my education in this industry would be a fraction, maybe 10 or 20% of what it is. And uh, that is mind-boggling. In fact, I, we just had a couple questions uh, regarding certain things that, you know, I just spend nearly a day looking up the answers to, verifying, making sure my sources uh, were reasonably reliable. You know, you know, like the IRS, you go to their website, <laughs> it's reasonably re reliable, but they have disclaimers on their website that this may not be correct. And uh, if you call them and ask them, they, they have to tell you, look, the answer I'm going to give you may not be correct. That, that that's wild that shouldn't be that way but it is anyway i was talking about the uh a uh, lot of different things here today and uh if you if you got a question on any of this stuff feel free to drop me an email or you can call us you know the fixed index annuities they come out with different versions of them all the time and uh every six months or so there's a there's a new twist on these so you got to stay tuned for that too and uh, like I was talking about earlier, one of the reasons I, I use them is because the bond rates are so low and they have such a, a nice um, guaranteed portion to the, the contracts. And I wouldn't be talking about it if we weren't in this super low interest rate environment. To get a, a 5 or 6% income from a stock portfolio, you're going to have to assume a fairly significant amount of risk. I mean, a lot of risk. I mean, you got a lot of volatility. If you're young enough, I don't think it matters. Where it really matters is when you get start getting older and you don't have 20 or 30 years to wait for a recovery. If you don't have 10 years to wait for a recovery. And that, you know, the stock portion's got to be a smaller portion of your portfolio for the average investor. And I, there's a guy that listens to my show. I know he's going to be calling me, but he's not average. You're not average, dude. Most people don't have a... $10 million in their account. You understand that? They don't have $10 million and they can't live on 150,000 bucks if they do have 10 million because the vast majority of people that have 10 million spend more than 150,000 a year. <laughs> Just so you know, <laughs> and I'm not mad at you, the, uh, but you know, every time I mention this, I get a phone call and, um, 
if, if, if everybody had $10 million a piece, maybe that would be the solution. The government should give everybody $10 million. That would be awesome. Yeah. And then we could put it in the, uh, you know, a low dividend fund. that's like one and a half or 2% and one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000 a year. Woohoo. You know, we're, we're set. That's all we need to do. Get the government to give everybody 10 million bucks a piece. <laughs> By the way, the cost of a uh, a new car at that point will go to fifteen million. So <laughs> I don't know. The uh, again, the <laughs> and everybody's different. I mean, everybody's different, and that that's one of the things that I think I, I feel so bad for people about. You know, they, you hear all this stuff, and I read it. You know, I see it all over the the, the news. Hey, if you're not doing this right, you're doing it wrong. And, and a lot of it's just geared to try to get your attention and, and try to get you to, to reach out to them so they can try to sell you something. I just, uh, I, I'm really not a big fan of that. So it's hard enough. You don't need to make it harder. In fact, one of the things I try to do is to break this down and keep it as simple as humanly possible. I don't like to add any extra um, nuance particularly just for the sake of adding nuance. If it's necessary, we want to keep it. If it's not necessary, we don't want it. That, that's basically how I like to, to do things. I'm a minimalist. So whatever we need to do, if you let say you're 50 years old, you know, you want to retire someday, uh, you would like to have an equivalent income. This is the thing. How much income do you need? A 50 year old will sit there and go, well, I'm not sure. Okay, then how do you know when, when you can retire? Well, I'm not sure. Okay, well, that's the first thing. <laughs> you need to come up with a number, but it's going to be different when I'm 65. Yes, it will. It's going to be different when you're 65. We're going to make that adjustment. If that's the age that you want, we'll make the adjustment. But you have to tell me first, how much money do you need to retire to be comfortable? If you can't, you can't reach a target that you can't hit or that you can't see. I'm sorry. You have to set a target. And uh, so here's what I would like. All right. 50 year old says, well, I'd like a million dollars a year. Okay. Well, if you've got 20 million bucks at 5%, you're going to take a 5% withdrawal rate. You can do the million dollars a year. And by the way, 5% today, I would, I would say it, you'd probably only at, at the age of 50, wouldn't be safe to take out much more than 4%. So you're going to need a lot more money. You just increase the amount that you would need by 20% because 4% is 20% less than 5%. <laughs> anyway, long story short, you got to have some sort of goal. And uh, if you're close to retirement, then you kind of have to work with what you got. And it's not that hard, by the way. I have a software package. I, I get it from uh, uh, actually, Black, actually BlackRock. Fidelity has one too. And we can take what you're doing now and you can um, kind of see, you can estimate what that might be four years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And then if you need to make adjustments because you don't think it's going to be as much as you would need, then it's pretty obvious. But the, the bottom line is, and, and this is where, uh, this is one of the banes of the existence of every financial advisor on the planet. People come and say, I need help. Just help me. Okay, what area? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's like going to the doctor and say, hey, you know, fix me. There's something wrong with me. Okay, well, where does it hurt? I'm not going to tell you. You just got to fix me. 
by the way, a lot of doctors get that conversation. I have them as clients. It is a, uh, yeah. So you have to decide, okay, where, where are you going to be comfortable? Where are you going to be comfortable? If you're, if you're within 10 years of retirement, there's not a whole lot more in most cases that you're going to be able to do to increase the savings and all that stuff. It's a, uh, you don't want to wait too long to actually set some, some basic goals. You don't have to know exactly. That's the other thing. There's a personality type out there that likes to get so granular. And I know all of you that are married to somebody like that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it is driving you crazy. So uh, anyway, setting those goals, it's just a general, you know, like mine's a hundred thousand bucks. I get easily on a hundred thousand dollars. No sweat. You know, the, um, that doesn't include my kids, my spouse or anything like that. It's just me. Okay. So I feel like I'd be pretty comfortable by the time I'm, you know, 70 years old, that number is going to be 150,000 just because of inflation. You know, so you guys can uh, do math backwards. You can figure out how old I am and what inflation rate I used. Actually can't get both of those, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, anyway, so that's, that, that's for me, you know, that I'd be fine, you know, just myself. And, um, that's what I structured my whole plan on. If I, I'll, I'm sure I'll be a lot higher than that at that point in time, but the, uh, but that's okay. So there's, there's some wiggle room there and that's what I'd be comfortable doing. So that's what you got to do. If you were to retire today and you needed an income, what would it be? If you had an income, if you were to retire today, and I know you're thinking that this is what happens too. People suffer from um, uh, attention deficit disorder big time. I do too. It's something I've had to work on for a long time. And they just can't get themselves uh, to calm down to think for a second. And, and that's part of the, the, part of the, uh, the task at hand that is very challenging. You know, if, if today in our distracted world with all the devices that we've got, you know, sitting down and saying, okay, what would I really need? How much do I need to be able to live a, a lifestyle that would be comfortable for me? And that is not an easy task, by the way. That is not an easy task. But it's something that you should probably try and do. Is uh, at the end of the show? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just taking a commercial break. This is Bill Bullington. I'll be right back after these messages. Feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong. In the dark and all alone, growing comfortable. Are you too scared to move and walk out of this tomb? Buried underneath the lies that you believed Safe and sound, stuck in the ground Too lost to be found You're just asleep And it's time to leave Come on and rise up, take a breath You're alive now Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us Out from the grave like Lazarus And we're back Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. I know I have a tendency to talk a lot and change subjects very quickly. So if you hear something, don't feel bad. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> you can always reach out to me on my website, BullingtonCapital.com. 
You can call us in the office, 330-664-0700, and we will try to get back to you as quickly quickly as we can. And, uh, you know, we're uh, uh, looking at a lot of different things. I'm, I'm just going to finish up just a little bit on the overview. So if you're looking at fixed income and you want an alternative to a 1%, you might want to consider contacting me and getting that website so you can go in and see what you could, what kind of income you can generate from the uh, nationwide product and uh, be glad to help you out there. Um, if you've got an asset allocation question or if you've got a retirement planning question, am I on track? How much money do I need? By the way, let me give you a shortcut. If you have trouble coming up with a number, and a lot of people do, they have trouble coming up with a number of what I need to be able to live on. Uh, a quick shortcut would be if you've got it, if you're working for somebody else, if you're not a, a business owner, it gets a little more, more complicated if you own a business. But if you're uh, not a business owner, you work for someone else, you can take a good safe number is 85% of whatever you're making now. So 85% of whatever you're making now. So if you're making $50,000 now, uh, is multiply that by 0.85 and I don't have my calculator handy. So um, that's a... Uh, I forget what that is. Third would be half of uh, 85, 42.5. Okay. So $42,500 is about what you would need. And you can go to the Social Security's website and figure out how much you're going to get from Social Security. And uh, by the way, that 42.5 number, you're going to have to adjust that for inflation. If you call me or email me, I'll email you a spreadsheet where you can go down to the number of years. Let's say you're 50 and by the time you're 67, you'll get full you know, Social Security. You can uh, also use that number and multiply the, the number of years you have until you're going to retire by that number, and it'll tell you what the future income is going to need to be. So these are all the kinds of things that we do when we're when somebody's sitting in for a plan or they just want to get a projection uh, on where they might be you know, 10, 15 years from now. Uh, if you're there already and you want to see how much how long you think your money should be able to last, you know we can call them, we can do that calculation as well and it really doesn't take all that much time if you if you come in prepared uh, if you don't know what you're spending that's a problem okay you have to have some idea of what you're spending if you are and the reason I, I brought up the 85 percent number because you know I think college for financial planning says 75 percent so it depends on who you ask but and even the 75%, you can get by typically on about 75% of what you're making because you're not going to be saving for retirement and you're not going to have to pay Social Security anymore. You're not going to have to pay the Social Security tax. So when you take those two, yeah, okay, it's about 80%. Just round it off. And uh, so you could get by typically on about 80% of what you're making before you retire. If you, in, so if you're making $50,000 today, it's 40000 bucks. If you know you're going to retire ten years from now, it's probably going to need to be about thirty five percent higher than that. So you take another third of that and add it to it. That, there's your goal. Now run this back on the uh, <laughs> uh, on your computer. If you if you pick this up as a uh, vlog, uh, this is available as a broadcast on uh, uh, iHeart and nine five five thefish dot com. But you can do all that math, or you can just call me. You know, I've been doing it for so long. It's just it's just not that hard. And I promise I'll slow down <laughs> when we go through this. So, but the, the main idea is that you're, you're trying to come up with an, an estimate of what you might need to be able to 
retire. Now, if you're already at retirement, it's a different task. You, now, now we're going to take all the sources of income you have, or let's say you're really close to retirement. So we're going to stop, take a look at all these sources of income, social security, any type of pensions you might have. And then we're going to take the assets uh, that you have, retirement savings, and I'm going to put it in this software and it's going to show you a, a, a breakdown of stocks, bonds, and cash, how much it would recommend, how much we would recommend, and how much you could actually use to supplement your income with, um, while minimizing the risk that you run out of money during retirement. Okay. So that's the kind of stuff that, that we do in addition to managing the assets. Okay. They, they, this part of it is not that hard, actually. The hard part is when somebody realizes, and I, you know, this is really tough. When somebody realizes that they're, they're going to have to actually save a lot more money or maybe postpone retirement for a couple of years or just, you know, uh, cut way back. They didn't expect to. So you really need to start doing this kind of stuff like in your fifties that, that, you know, if you do it right out of college, woohoo, that, that, that is the A plus job, but you really should start this, you know, late forties, early fifties, you should have some idea. Um, and boy, if you have a bunch of kids, uh, get ready. <laughs> it's very difficult to do all this. So, and you can be younger. Uh, I have a bunch of people that are with me and have been with me for a long time. They were, uh, we were right, right around the same age and it's amazing how well, uh, some of them have done. It just blows my mind. And, uh, it's amazing how well a lot of the accounts have done. And it, it's nothing, you know, we're not, um, it's not like lottery winnings type stuff, just consistently sticking to the plan. The plan was very basic and most plans should be basic. I, it's my opinion. Most plans should be very, very basic. You shouldn't have to go out, shouldn't have to get a PhD in, in finance to understand a financial plan. Anyway, I'm going to drop all that stuff right now. And I'm going to talk about the fun stuff. I know a lot of people have been waiting for, and uh, that's the uh, individual stock stuff. Um, Mike Seeger's doing the Aurelia job with the website, look out for the bull. And this is something it's, it's a hobby. Uh, is it, it is involving the stock market. It's, this is nothing that you should be doing with a large portion of your assets. This should be a relatively small portion of your assets. Uh, it is for me and that's not going to change. And what we're doing is we're trying to look for stocks who, uh, are exhibiting certain characteristics right now. Those characteristics are mostly price related. The prices are going up. So it's a, uh, I like to look at the underlying fundamentals behind this. And by the way, I did this list uh, yesterday. Uh, so today the markets are already open as I'm pre-recording the show. And it's interesting to see which stocks have opened higher than they were yesterday. And which ones have opened up lower. It's not really going to matter much. It's not going to change my opinion too much. But when you look at the daily price movement, it's pretty large. I mean, it's really large. That's the first thing that most people have to get used to when they're going to try to invest in stocks. The prices move constantly. And they don't move just a little bit. I mean, they, they move a lot. So anyway, one of the ones that, that looks good to me is a company called Teledyne Technologies. It's a technology company. TDY, a lot of people probably recognize that company from around here. Uh, Radware, which is a uh, 
software company. It's been around for a really long time. Boy, I remember back in the late 90s, that stock. This, that's how old I am. <laughs> I remember in the late 90s, that stock just flew. And then it crashed. And then it took, it's actually not selling as high as it did in the late 90s. Think about that for a second. That stock sold for higher in the late 90s than it's selling for today. That's why when people start talking to me about long-term investor, I'm like, do you really know what that means? <laughs> do you really know what that means? This company's been a very successful technology company, and its share price is lower than it was 20 years ago. Think about that. And by the way, a lot of your best companies have done the same sort of thing. And at some point in time, I was just so impressed that Jeff Bezos admitted that on Amazon, one day, Amazon would be replaced. I couldn't believe he, you know, he's saying that and he's got most of his money in their stock. Uh, but that, I actually got a lot of respect for him out of that because, he, you know, that was great for him to come out and tell, you know, just tell it like it is. One of the stocks that came up, uh, I really like is, is Pfizer, um, PFE. And when you think about what's all, most people think in terms of what's just happened most recently. Okay. The, uh, oh yeah, Pfizer should be really good. I remember when Pfizer was flying too. And in the late nineties, it's still not at the same price it was in the late nineties. And back in those days, there was this, um, oh, what was the, the big drug that they had? It was, uh, oh, it was for older males so they could, um, do things they couldn't do, uh, you know, <laughs> anymore. And uh, I forgot what the actual, yes, it was the, the little blue pill. Actually, <laughs> my producer just told me about that. That got that stock so high. It was overpriced big time. And then when it got overpriced, it dropped and then it turned around and went up and got super overpriced. And then it dropped again. And then comes back up and gets almost back to that super overpriced point right before it drops and proceeds to hit lower lows for 10 years, 10 years. You can uh, now, the stock has gone up significantly since that point. It was overdone and then they overreacted and the price got down to 11 bucks a share. Recently, it's got up to 42 in uh i see i've only got two minutes here it was at 41 in 1999 it's only at 42 dollars and 73 cents this is why i have such a hard time buying and holding a stock because pfizer is one of the better companies in the world and if they can go through a 20-year period with a negative return so can any other company that's why you gotta have a plan and the plan if your plan is buying and holding you better be buying and holding funds that make adjustments and it's better if you can't see the adjustments, which is typically why I like funds because they do make adjustments. Pfizer had, had been added to, had been taken away. And a lot of the funds that we hold today hold Pfizer. And it's actually been very productive for that because they buy and sell based on rules and based on math and not emotions. And uh, so anyway, I've only got about 60 seconds left here. I'm being told. So if you'd like to know more about this stuff, uh, the uh, feel free to give me a call, reach out on my website. If you heard me talk about something else that you want more information on, if you're looking to make a quick projection on how much you need to be able to retire the lifestyle you want, that's fine too. That really doesn't take us too long. Uh, the uh, is 
quite frankly, I'll, I'll have to finish that conversation <laughs> at next week's show. But if you're looking for looking for these ideas like the advisors, like there, there's a company called Fluidime, uh, there's a company called Stepstone Group. It's brand new. That thing's on a tear. Symbol is STEP. Price right now is forty six dollars and twenty six cents. I I flagged it because it looked good. Uh, anyway, that stuff you can get more information on that on the lookout for the bull website. And so now that I hear the music, that means the show is definitely officially over. You've been listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from eleven to noon. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck. And get investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.